In a recent study published by the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, Edmonton was named the worst place to be a woman in Canada. The worst. By the way, worst is defined as bad or ill in the highest, greatest, or most extreme degree. Ouch. Worst. The study, called the best and worst place to be a woman in Canada, is a survey of 20 different cities in Canada. I spoke to Kate McInturf, a senior researcher for the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, who authored the study. My name is Kate McInturf, and I'm a senior researcher at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. And uh, I was interested in speaking to you because of a report that you published about the best and worst place to be a woman in Canada. And uh, what was most interesting to me was that Edmonton is the worst place to be a woman in Canada, according to your study. So Yeah, that, that was a bit of a surprise uh, uh, to me, and, and, I, and I, I am getting the impression it was a, a surprise to folks in Edmonton as well. <laughs> but um, I guess I wanted to talk to you more about um, just what were the parameters of the study and what was the motivation uh, that you had undertaking the study, right? Um, so the the study itself was modeled on some international gender equality indexes that allow, for example, the United Nations and the World Economic Forum to compare how countries are doing to one another. And so I started by thinking, you know, it would be interesting to look at. Uh, not just how Canada compares to other countries, but how different communities in Canada compare to one another uh, using some of the same measures. So the kinds of of indicators that I used here uh, fell into five different categories. So I looked at uh, health and education, um, where we see, you know, uh, across Canada, communities doing a very good job of ensuring that men and women are are very nearly at parity in most of, uh, of the areas I looked at there. Um, and then uh, I looked at how men and women were faring in leadership, both in terms of their promotion into senior management positions and election uh, into political office at the municipal level. And then finally, I looked at uh, economic security and personal security for men and women. Um, and uh, that's where I saw some of the biggest gaps. Kate studied data from the 20 most populous cities in Canada. The point of the study was to measure the difference between the access women and men have to the public goods available in their community, not the overall wealth of a community. Much of the data that the study uses comes from Statistics Canada. Specifically, how did Edmonton compare to other cities um, in each of these parameters? I think leadership kind of stands out to me immediately because I know we only have one city councillor who's a woman on staff. So that's right. I'm a, I'm afraid that the one city councillor did bring Edmonton in a second to last in in the area of, of elected officials um with St. John's coming in last with no city councillors uh, who were women at all. Um uh, the other area that that uh, really uh, contributed to Edmonton's performance. The gap between what women make and what men make is larger than average. So in Edmonton, if you look at paychecks, men are bringing home $21,000 more a year than women, and that is the biggest gap uh, in, the, in the country. Yikes. The best city in the country, once again, according to the quantitative StatsCan statistics, was Quebec City. 
Why are there such differences between Edmonton and Quebec City? I mean, I think there there are some trends which suggest why there are these differences. Um, one of the things you, you can see in terms of the results are that cities in Quebec performed relatively well, with Quebec City coming out on top. Um, and at the other end of the scale, unfortunately, uh, Alberta cities performed uh, poorly out of out of the 20 cities I looked at. Uh, and, and I think that that what we could see uh, in the Quebec cities are some of the policies that the province has put in place that have really made a difference to women in Quebec. Um, and I would point to things like affordable child care, family leave policies, uh, parental leave policies, all of which help women balance their burden of unpaid work um, with uh, paid work. And there is research that's demonstrated that since women have had and men have had access to affordable childcare in Quebec, that we've seen women's employment go up steadily. Um, and that with that, we've also seen uh, the economy do better because women are working more hours, they're bringing home bigger paychecks, they're uh, contributing more to the economy. Um, so I think that's certainly a lesson that, that, that we can learn from that, that regional difference. Uh, yes, the economy. The Quebec economy? Hmm... I'm a little bit skeptical, because if we are to believe recent news articles or this 2013 CTV Montreal documentary called Moving On, Why Quebecers Are Saying Adieu, and this 2014 CBC documentary called Stay or Go, and she's not the only one looking elsewhere for opportunities. I like Montreal. No, I love Montreal. <laughs> that love isn't enough for Marie-Hélène Aimon. She has a stacked resume, but she's been without full-time work for a year now. There's a lot of uh, head office creation uh, in other parts of Canada. So I'm looking more and more towards uh, Toronto and Calgary. And also I've been looking outside of Canada. If the right opportunity arises, I'm moving, definitely. And uh, because I need to work. If she goes, Aimon will be part of a growing statistic. More than 33,000 people abandoned Quebec for another province last year. That's the highest number since 1996 and 1997, in the aftermath of the last referendum on sovereignty. But a CBC Ecos poll shows many of those debating a move, 21%, are doing so because of the economy. And that migration hurts the province even further. There's still investment going into Ontario at a higher rate than into Quebec. And you're also seeing interprovincial migration into Ontario in a way that you're not experiencing in Quebec. So people are still voting with their feet and with their dollars. Other statistics are no more encouraging. The province's unemployment rate is hovering at 7.5% and Quebec shed tens of thousands of full-time jobs last year. But is it really as bleak as it seems? We should be doing much better than we are. In fact, what you see on almost every macroeconomic indicator, Quebec is in the bottom half of the 10 provinces or very close to ninth or tenth place. Salima Shivji, CBC News, Montreal. It seems as though the Quebec economy isn't doing that well, especially compared to the Albertan economy. Alberta is a resource-dependent economy where the streets are paved with black gold. Well, I'm being facetious. But it's true that this year, the latest RBC Economics Provincial Outlook says Alberta's real GDP growth will be the best in the country. We have to be a little bit more specific about the economy. And we have to ask two very important questions. What is the effect 
of a booming economy on things like economic security? And then what is its specific effect on women? This study itself shows that women experience the lowest levels of poverty in Calgary, and Edmonton and Calgary have the highest levels of employment for women. However, in both of these cities, women don't get to enjoy the oil boom bounty like our male compatriots. There's a $21,000 difference between salaries of men and women in Edmonton. How do we explain that? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think one of the reasons that, there, that there's such a gap between uh, what men and women earn is that uh, not only do men and women in, in Alberta tend to work in different industries, which is true across the country, um, but the industries that the, the industry that women tend to work in in Alberta is the service sector. So on average, women tend to be overrepresented in the service sector, in education and health. Um, But if the place where you're seeing job growth is in the lowest paying industry that tends to employ women, then that's going to make the gap wider. Um, uh, So you could compare Alberta, say, to Ontario, where you've seen uh, provincial investments in uh, job creation in health and education, um, which are also female-dominated industries like the service sector, but they're much better paying industries. Uh, and so that's contributing to women earning more. And so you see a, a smaller gap between women's earnings and men's earnings. Alberta is a natural resource-driven economy. In 2011, the energy sector accounted for 27.6% of Alberta's GDP. But women don't make up the well-paid engineers, oil rig workers, tradespeople, and oil company executives that participate in this most lucrative economic sector. And that's where this pay gap comes from. This is true for other similar economies. For example, the best-performing economy in Australia is the state of Western Australia, driven by iron ore mining, aluminum, and gas exports. Western Australia showed the most severe wage gap between men and women in 2010. Another example is Seattle, Washington. Payscale, a Seattle-based salary information company, took offense when Seattle was named the metropolitan city with the greatest pay gap in the USA. Women earn 73 cents to a man's dollar. They decided to look into why. The thing is, Seattle is dominated by the tech sector, which is dominated by men. The pay gap doesn't account for differences in experience, background, or responsibility. And when more men earn the higher incomes associated with a tech job, it increases the wage gap between women who are in lower paying service jobs. But if you look within the tech industry, a typical male software development engineer uh, compared with a typical woman software development engineer, the female pay gap is actually 97 cents to the dollar. So not too significant. Are you still with me? The real issue isn't necessarily pay inequality across the board. It's why is there such high levels of gender segregation in different industries and different occupations? Why is it that occupations dominated by men, for example, the oil industry, why are they the most financially lucrative jobs in our economy? Um, I think if you look at... at um 
is sort of examples of, of uh, places where you, you see pay inequity uh, in jobs that are very similar. So, for example, if you look at um, uh, men and women who study library science, um, and men tend to go into um, go on to become archivists, and women, the majority, go on to become librarians. And archivists make more than librarians. And so, you obvious. So, I think obviously you've got something happening there that has to do with social attitudes about men's work and women's work um, that doesn't have anything to do with people's training or equivalent skill set. Um, but I also think that um, one of the things that, that prevents women from working in non-traditional fields um, is, you know, it's, it's the same thing that, that holds them back in other fields. It's, it's lack of, of access to childcare, uh, and it's it's the fact that they're working uh, double the number of hours of unpaid work in the home. Um, so they just have less flexibility built into their lives. They have fewer hours um, uh, to put towards paid work. And it makes it harder for them to, to enter into demanding professions, professions with long hours, like, like you know, running for office, for example, being a politician, um, or to do uh, work in the extractive industry where you have to work in, in long periods of, of time. You know, you have to work in two- and three-week shifts. Um, and there's some good research uh, around women in the mining sector that that has uh, surveyed the women who do work in the mining sector, and, you know, and, and they, and they have, have said that, that, you know, the lack of uh, flexibility around work hours and access to child care are, are really getting in the way of their ability to be part of that industry. Alberta leans heavily on one industry for economic growth. It doesn't just cause extreme inequality between genders, it causes a bigger income gap for everyone. Because wealth in Alberta is being concentrated for the small number of people who are employed within the energy sector. Now that isn't a particularly surprising or new story. This study is a catchy exercise. However, it doesn't address differences between women. Women without high school uh, versus women with university degrees. Those women who are temporary foreign workers. And it definitely doesn't go into the qualitative issues about why women don't choose or can't work in different sectors. We don't really have any useful data here. But we have plenty of fodder for follow-up studies. Thank you to my guest Kate McIntyre from the Canadian Institute for Policy Alternatives. You can read the study, The Best and Worst Place to Be a Woman in Canada, on policyalternatives.ca. For CJSR News, I'm Roshni Nair.